The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. It's the best lip balm in America. Wait, what? Lip balm can be that much better? Oh, yeah. Hi there. It's Doc Thompson for Balm Shot. Just go to balmshot.com. Balm is in lip balm, shot like shotgun shell. You got to read the entire story for yourself at balmshot.com. But trust me, you will love it. And right now, if you order six of them, you'll get a free Balm Shot uh, lip balm, plus a logoed baseball hat, and free shipping at balmshot.com. But make sure to use the promo code DOC, balmshot.com. Randy Sutton joining us now. He's the National spokesperson of blue lives matter mr sutton how are you i'm doing great how are you this morning i'm doing well wanted to have you on the air because my buddy mike opalka called me and he goes doc there's a story out of uh texas dallas area of something that happened that was was pretty upsetting and when i heard the details yeah i had to agree with them and i said we got to talk about this and let people know what's going on can you explain what happened with um the interim dallas county sheriff marion brown and a vet, and a, um, a veteran Dallas uh, deputy that killed himself. Yeah, this is really a, a very sad situation. Um, the the deputy Omero Calderon was almost a twenty year veteran of the uh, of the uh, Dallas County Sheriff's Office. Um, served honorably during that time, including being a member of the SWAT team. Um, he suffering from PTSD. Uh, he uh, he he disappeared and the people on that knew him on the department um knew that he was uh, was very very troubled so they were they were uh, trying to initiate an investigation into finding him uh, before it was too late and like uh, they had to do some official things like uh, you know ping the phone um they were ordered to stand down by their sheriff not to go search for him and then they found him dead from his own hand in behind the substation where he worked. And um, when when uh, it was time for his funeral, uh, normally you know the uh, the life of a police officer who serves honorably, despite the matter of his death, uh, he is honored by uh, at his funeral. His family is is given some honors. That is that. Uh, the, uh, uh, an American flag is folded and handed to the handed to the the uh, widow. Um, uh, taps is played. Uh, procession uh, is usually held, and none of these or, none of these were allowed by the by the sheriff. And what was um, her reasoning for not allowing this? I don't understand. Because, you know, well, <laughs> this is this is the, this is the sickest part of it. She she doesn't condone suicide. That's why. Who condones so it? She, Who condones suicide? And by allowing I, I them, well, by allowing you to honor him and his service, is not um, justifying or encouraging or promoting suicide. Those are very different things. You're absolutely right, and uh, I can tell you that the men and women of the Dallas County Sheriff's Office, when I heard about it, uh, I, uh, I, I. I heard about it from some, from some personnel down there. They were so incredibly upset. Um, the morale is in the toilet. Of course, this isn't you know this is a symptom of poor leadership. Um, but this is this this strikes at the very core of of uh, people's hearts who serve because he she insulted not only not only did she insult his memory. Um, 
she demeaned the family and um and every single law enforcement officer in this country saw what happened and i could tell you i i, I did a facebook uh, video that uh, that went viral within two days it had over a hundred thousand views where i called her out on it and uh and asked for the asked for the governor to do an investigation because she's not even elected she was appointed uh the sheriff when uh, when the last sheriff who was ultra liberal um uh resigned to run for governor but this is a um, this is an elected position though she was just appointed to it to finish it out is that what it is correct but okay. she but she is up for election okay she is so up for election. Randy first of all the investigation needs to happen the fact that she said whoa or we're not going to go search for him when we have reason to believe that's investigation worthy by itself that's serious that has to do with the safety and security of officers any any reasonable person an employer a loved one if you really believe something is possible like this you say let's go look into it let's investigate yeah perfect example when i was in in the air force as a police officer one of my fellow co-workers killed himself and we were like hey we need to start looking for this guy and we did, and we found out that he killed himself. Yeah, so if you else. believe something... So yeah. you have to investigate this. But the other part is, Randy, this shows her, her failure of understanding. It's it's like she's Michael Scott in the office or something. Yeah. Where you just, you don't understand. Suicide is completely different. Listen, if Deputy Calderon had been, you know, convicted of some heinous crime, and a you say, cop. a bad cop, or doing something illegal, you say, okay, maybe, right. maybe we don't, I, don't know, I get it. It's not, a, it's not, um, nobody chooses to kill themselves. Yes, you do kill yourself, but nobody gets, nobody sane gets there. In order to get to that point, you are some level of crazy or you are so emotionally unstable, you're not making proper choices. Mm-hmm. This is not the fault of Deputy Calderon. He didn't make a decision to go out and rob somebody. He was obviously troubled. He was suffering from post-traumatic stress, and here's here's the other part of this, uh, um, Doc. It's the, the suicide rate for law enforcement officers is is dramatically rising, um, as as this, the additional stress of um, of what has been going on societally with the demeaning of law enforcement officers, with the lack of respect. Um, uh, th- there have been three just in the last um, month or so where police officers actually killed themselves at their place of work. Wow. And um, it's, 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 uh, this is uh, a, a, a symptom of, of the, um, of what's going on societally. And there, there is little, there is little that departments are doing to alleviate this situation. And, uh, and that's, that's perhaps one of the, the issues that really needs to be discussed. Yeah, they, there is help. There is help yeah. out there. Um, the uh, I'm about to I'm about to launch a foundation called uh, the Wounded Blue, uh, which will assist nice. injured and disabled officers, which includes post traumatic stress. There is help, and uh, this this uh, sheriff, um, what she did was disgraceful, and she dishonored herself. She dishonored her uh, her sheriff's department and uh, the morale there is certainly in the toilet and also dishonored anybody with ptsd anyone who suffers um any type of mental incapacitation emotional um loss i mean she's misunderstood it we know 
that mental health is probably the the new frontier moving mm-hmm. forward. That's it. It ties so many different things from opioid addictions and use uh, to people sc- shooting up and mass murders or anything like this. It's tied to all of that. PTSD. We've got more people now with PTSD than ever because we have such an influx, so many new veterans and so many of them that in wars past would have just been killed, but now they return home and they've got so many flaws and we need to help them. She's she's doing a disservice to all of them. And to your point about officers, the officers are now the pressure point. All blame is being heaped on the officers right now. Yes, Anybody that correct. has a run-in with a cop, most of the, I do it, 90-some percent of us, if we have a run-in with a cop today, it's going to be bad news for us. Yeah. Right? Not just criminals, but I got a speeding ticket or I got pulled over for this. No one's like, hey, thanks, officer. Right? So the officers have always had that. Maybe at times. In fact, yes, at times they have acted inappropriately. The problem is now all blame is being put on them from every angle. And and how are how are you to act as an officer, Randy? How do you how are you supposed to know what's wrong and right? Oh, I don't want to do that. I better not engage because I'm going to be too aggressive. Oh, now I'm now I'm a, a more of a target because I'm not engaged. Uh, well, you just hit on on uh, one of the um, most disturbing aspects of what's called depolicing. Um, law enforcement officers now are literally diminishing the number of contacts that they make. Um, the, the number of car stops that they make, Eventually, essentially proactive policing, which is where crime is really solved and bad guys are taken to jail, um, has diminished all over this country. Uh, and it's simply a matter of self-protection because these officers know that they, uh, I, well, let, well, let me put it this way. Um, I get contacted by literally hundreds of police officers a month as a, as a radio talk show host. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a, my show is Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. And as a law enforcement advocate, I, this, is the common, this is the common statement I hear. I am more afraid of my own administration than I am of the bad guys. Now think of, think wow. of how, how sad that is and how dangerous that is when police officers are more afraid of being disciplined for for what is deemed a policy violation, which can be anything. You know, every police department has a policy manual that's about 400 pages long, and, and you, you can run afoul of that. In the event of a use of force incident, police officers now are afraid to use the proper amount of force yeah. because they, are, they have seen, they have seen, persecution and prosecutions i just had a i just had a young man on my show who was after after uh uh, using deadly force he was cleared by everyone three years later a new prosecutor came in and indicted him and put him on trial for murder oh come on oh it's it's unbelievable wow the judge threw the charges out but ruined his life Well, yeah, so as a cop, if they know about that, so you're the average cop out there and you hear that story and you're thinking, hey, I was clear to something a couple of years ago. Wait a minute. Are they eventually going to come back on me for this? Are they going to go after me again? That hanging over exactly. your head is horrible. It's, it's, uh, it's unconscionable. But you see, police are now being used as political pawns. Yeah. You, know, we saw, you couldn't see a better case than, than Marilyn Mosby. Uh, the state's attorney in Baltimore, 
um, bringing charges against those six police officers. Mm. Her, her statement when when uh, Freddie Gray died in custody, uh, she came out as a as a as a social activist, not as a prosecutor. Mm. And she said, you know, this is this is uh, our time. Uh huh. Okay. So she so she prosecuted six police officers. She lost every single case, and the, <laughs> and the judge said there's no evidence here, and there never was any. Wow. Hey, uh, Lieutenant, you also have a you also have a book called The Power of Legacy, Personal Heroes of America's Most Inspiring People. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, you know, um, when I uh, when I uh, became disabled, uh, I had a stroke in my police car, which ended my police career on the Las Vegas Strip. And I was given a diagnosis. Let me let me say this. The prognosis was not very rosy. And I wanted, I'd already written three books about policing, but I wanted to do something as a legacy that would be very positive. So I, I traveled this country, this amazing country, and talked to people who've done amazing things with their lives. People like Gary Sinise, who's yeah. done so much for veterans. People like Frank Shankwitz, who, while he was an Arizona trooper, created the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Wow. And I talked to each of these people about who their personal heroes were that inspired them. And this book of inspirational stories, um, I wrote to encourage everyone to become a personal hero and touch the lives of others. And that's the power of legacy, personal heroes of America's most inspiring people. The book was just released July 4th, and that's on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Randy, let's talk uh, just for a second about um, some solutions here. What has to happen? So, I mean, people that, you know, point out some of these law enforcement officers' failures, you know, where they have killed people that maybe they shouldn't have, they didn't respond properly, whatever. There are some true cases out there. What needs to yeah. happen to try to solve those problems? To say, okay, there are some cases out here that are bad, but we don't want officers hesitating because they put themselves and others at danger. What's the solution? The solution is fairness. Um, there, there, you know, you you keep, especially under the Obama administration, everything changed under him. the The world of policing uh, completely changed because uh, of his policies and the Department of Justice, Eric Holder. Um, become very, very anti-law enforcement. And people took the lead from that. Um, respect level diminished. Uh, and uh, prosecutions um, <clears throat> prosecutions went up, even though very few of them in deadly force cases were determined to be actually uh, improper. Um, there are, there, you know, you keep on hearing the word accountability applied to police. There is no group of people that is, that is, held more accountable. Uh, every police officer is, is uh, subject to um, uh, scrutiny by uh, numerous layers of departmental supervision. Then uh, the district attorney in, in, each, uh, in each jurisdiction. Then the civil courts. See, when a police officer does make and let me tell you, you have a split second to make a life and death decision. You're not going to be right all the time. You're, you may perceive danger when danger truly um, didn't exist, but you felt that it did. And, and let, let me tell you something very scary that's happening right now in California. The, throughout the United States, the reasonable officer um, uh, is called 
if, if a reasonable officer would have perceived something in such a way, then there is it's called qualified immunity. So you cannot prosecute a right. police officer. If a reasonable person, a reasonable officer, would have surmised danger from this set of circumstances. What California is now trying to do, the, the uh, unbelievably liberal um, state legislator is trying to change the United States Supreme Court's ruling and, and, and statutorily um, change that law. So that, for instance, if, if you point a pellet or a, a, a replica gun at me and I open fire because I perceive that there is a threat there, this new law that they are trying to pass would allow you to prosecute me for murder. Okay, see, that's just crazy stuff right there. That's, that's the problem. So, yeah, I think it probably is comes down to proper training and understanding from from even the police officer's perspective. Randy, I would love to talk to you more. we got to skate. I'd love to have you back on sometime. Please let us know how we can help with this case and others, okay? Thanks, Randy. In 2011, Aaron Hale, a former Navy chief, was severely injured when disposing of an improvised explosive device. He lost his eyesight and most of his hearing, so he returned to his love of cooking as therapy, and with the help of his love, Michaela, they created Extraordinary Delights, or EOD Fudge for short. These things are amazing. You'll love them. Go to EODFudge.com. That's EOD fudge.com and try the caramel apples the brownies the strawberry white and decadent triple fudge confections eodfudge.com promo code blaze to get 10% off hey there it's doc thompson want to tell you about another show that i think you're going to like it's called the news and why it matters it's a group of us talking about news stories that we think are important and why those stories matter to you the news and why it matters look for it wherever you download your favorite podcast knowledge is power tweet at us with the hashtag what i learned today This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.